It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Welcome back to Daily Thunder. We're doing something a little bit unique this week, and uh, it's, it's sort of fun. What we're doing actually is Eric's out of town, and so instead of going through what we typically go through, which would be that, that week's sermon, uh, we're actually going through a couple of some of the most impactful sermons in Ellers, Ellerslie history, and sort of remembering those, and then uh, taking different aspects of that and discussing it throughout the week. And so this last week, the sermon was when a pastor lives a double life, and talking about this idea of duplicity, uh, of hypocrisy, and that had followed a, a, a significant leader in the Christian church falling and, and was really pack, impactful on the Ellerslie body here. But I want to talk about it a little bit from a different angle today, which is I want to talk about the idea of integrity. And, and so integrity, what is it? Well, it's an interesting term because integrity is it's sort of tossed around all over the place. I mean, talk about hypocrisy. Almost every single corporation out there puts on their values integrity, right? It's sort of a classic thing you see on a company splash page. And yet, I, I don't know that we would say that, that means that they're definitely walking in integrity just because they say they are. But what is integrity? So to do that, I want to go back to Webster's 1828 dictionary to help us define this idea of integrity. So it comes from the word integer. And if you're, if you're a mathematician or you remember any of your uh, math, you know that an integer is a whole number. And it's sort of where this idea of integrity comes from. So it means wholeness, entireness, or an unbroken state. So it's something that's it's whole, it's entire, it's, it's unbroken. Uh, some examples that he uses, he says, the Constitution of the United States guarantees to each state the integrity of its territories. He, he goes on to say, the contracting parties guaranteed the integrity of the empire. Number two, it's the entire, the unimpaired state of anything, particularly of the mind, right? Having an, a mind of integrity that's sharp. Moral soundness or purity, incorruptness, uprightness, honesty. Integrity comprehends the whole moral character, but is a special reference to uprightness and mutual dealings, transfers of property, agencies for others. It means purity, genuine, unadulterated, unimpaired state as the integrity of language. And so it's this idea of that which is whole. And, and it's interesting when you think about even the, the, the name for God, Jehovah Rapha, actually what it means, we think about it in terms of physical healing oftentimes, but it means to take that which is broken and make it whole. That God is in the business of taking people that are, that are naturally not full of integrity. That we are naturally double-minded. We are naturally hypocrites. We are naturally duplicitous. That's the natural state of mankind. And apart from God, we will be that. Apart from God, we will be a, a duplicitous people. Because that's the nature of man. That's the nature of what flesh produces. And yet, who is our God? Well, he's Jehovah Rapha. The one that takes the broken things and makes it unbroken. If the one who takes the, the broken down parts and builds them back up and, and heals them or makes them whole. That's what our God does. Now it's interesting that, that mankind in the flesh has the tendency to not be whole. To not be just one thing. To not be a whole numbered, but to be divided. To, to, to be, you could say, fractioned off or to be two things. And, and so I was remembering the passage where, where Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? And that's in Luke uh, chapter 6, verse 46. So I was thinking about that passage, and I couldn't remember where it was, and so I went and did a word search. I just searched Lord, Lord, 
and it was interesting, it came up a number of different times. Every time this phrase, Lord, Lord, and you should look it up, in the scriptures came up, it was actually a bad thing, uh, the way that it was being said by those who were saying it. So I want to just read you those passages, because I think it highlights our tendency to be duplicitous. So Matthew 7, this is in the Sermon on the Mount. In verse 21 and 22, it says, Jesus says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have we not cast out devils? And in your name have we not done many wonderful works? And he goes on to say, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And, and so it's interesting here, they say, Lord, Lord. And yet... He's not their Lord. And, and so this teaches us that our tendency as man and what we need to watch against is to actually be duplicitous and not full of integrity. It's to be two things and not to be one thing. And in two things, meaning that we say one thing with our mouth, but we do another with our lives. The story of the virgins has this same phrase. So here you have the story of these who come and say, we did all these things. And, and he says, I'm not your Lord. You never departed from iniquity. Same thing in, in Matthew 25, he gives the story of the two versions. And so you have the first versions that, that come and they're ready for their Lord. And so they enter into the joy of their Lord. And then the second set, they didn't have the oil ready. And, and, and so they go out to get oil and they come out and the door's already closed. And they come after the door's been closed. And they say, Lord, Lord, open to us. Again, they're saying, Lord, Lord. And yet the behavior of their lives demonstrated that they weren't treating him as Lord. They weren't, weren't thinking about him as Lord that they were living for something else. And then again in Luke 13, it says, When once the master of a house has risen up and has shut the door, and you begin to stand without, and a knock of a door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know not whence you are. Depart from me, I don't know you. And so there's a danger that we should say with our mouth, Lord, Lord, and yet our hearts would be far from him. And, and that danger begins in any area of our life where we're saying, Lord, Lord, but are not doing the things which Jesus tells us to do. And so how do we be men or women of integrity? Well, we obey. And, and, and we love him, and, and, and that produces obedience. And, and we obey that which he commands us to do, and his, and his commandments are not burdensome. Because we love him. You see, believing God is who he says he is causes the fear of the Lord. If we believe he is who he says he is, and what does that produce in us? Well, that produces a, a love and then an obedience, a response to the gospel that is not duplicitous. It's interesting, there's this phrase that's used multiple times in the book of Proverbs, and it says this, the Lord ponders the heart. And isn't a lot of a base of duplicitousness, a lack of belief that our Lord ponders the heart? That we forget that our God ponders the heart? But man looks on the outside, and he may see something and go, oh yeah, they're saying, Lord, Lord, that's good. But the Lord ponders the heart. That he considers what is going on in our innermost, and that is the basis by which he examines us. And so a man who calls him Lord, Lord, is, is a man who recognizes that he is pondering my heart and, and, and if he's truly going to be my Lord, I'm going to obey him. This isn't just going to be about me speaking out things that are going to impress the people around me or the, the religious system of our time. 
but that he would actually be my Lord, starting in the innermost man. And so I think the challenge for us is if we're going to be men and women who are, are one thing, men and women who, who are not loving the Lord with our mouths, but not with our hearts and our obedience, who are not just loving the Lord uh, in a certain setting, but not in other settings, we have to ask the question, who are we living for and who are we seeking to please? Are, are, are we seeking to please our Lord or are we seeking to please others? In Galatians 1, Paul says, For now am I seeking the favor of people or of God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And so when we say, Lord, Lord, are we saying, Lord, Lord, just because it impresses the people or because we think we've done these works or because, or because we're seeking him as our Lord and we're seeking to live to please him? Because Paul says, you can't be both. If I'm still living to please people, then I'm not a bondservant of Christ. And yet if I'm a bondservant of Christ, I'm going to be living to please my master and not just to please the people of this world. Now there's this other word that comes from the word integer. And, and, and so you have, of course, integrity comes from the word integer. And, and, and integer meaning a whole. But then the other word is the word integration. Integration comes from the word integer. And I was just thinking about this word. Integration, it, it means to, to make something whole by incorporating something into it. So, so you have integrity, which is making something whole or a whole thing or something that's not broken. Integration is the idea of making something whole for incorporating or combining it with something else. And of course, how do we become whole? We become whole by entering into the Lord Jesus Christ. By, by abiding in that vine, we become whole. And as we abide in that vine, we submit to him and, and we live in him. We remain in him. We walk in him. We get our strength from him. We are submitted to his word and, and to his spirit in our lives. He makes us whole. He makes us men and women of integrity. But integrity is not just about saying something. It's not just about living out something even. But, but it's about in the inner man living before the Lord, abiding in him and allowing him to transform me through his life within me. We all know the passage in John 15 where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And again, in 1 John 2, it says, and now little children abide in him that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And so our calling is to, to be, you could say, integrated into his life, to abide in him, to find our life and his life, to be made whole, and then to keep out anything that would cause us to become distracted from a place of abiding, which, which means remaining or living or dwelling in him. And so how do we be men and women of integrity? Well, we get in him and we stay in him. And we walk in that fear of the Lord, knowing that the Lord ponders the heart, and that we don't just say, Lord, Lord, but that we obey him and we do the things that he has called us to do. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. 
Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellerslie campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening.